0: Well, I wanna welcome you to Apostles Houston. My name is David Cumby, I'm the lead pastor. And today is a really special day. Uh, Today is Palm Sunday. Uh, We as followers of Jesus join others around the world down through history uh, by marking the beginning of what's called Holy Week. You know, Holy Week is that week leading up to Easter, the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I love this day, in part because if we were gathered here together, one of the things we'd do is wave our palms as we got started in worship, and we'd be singing and kind of reenacting in a way what took place, what happened on that first Palm Sunday. And so I want to start this morning by just reading um, from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 21, what happened in this remarkable event in Jesus' life. So I want to invite you to open up uh, to Matthew chapter 21 and read along with me. And this is what it says. It says, Now when Jesus and the disciples drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you'll say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. And then Matthew, the gospel writer, he, he kind of puts in this little aside, this commentary about what's happening. And this is what he says. He says, this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the full of a beast of burden. And then it picks back up. The disciples went and they did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks. And Jesus sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds went before him and they followed him. and They were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up and was asking, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus of Nazareth and Galilee. Now, I love how Matthew ends the story here with this question of who is this? Who is this Jesus? And I think it's such an important question uh, for all of us. In particular, I think in this moment, it's a really great time to ask this question for all of us. Who is this Jesus? You know, I've enjoyed Uh, one aspect of what's been going on and that every night I get to jump on my bike and go for a ride around the neighborhood after dinner and I've loved it because there's just so many people out it's amazing people walking and riding their bikes having picnic dinners by the bayou sitting on their front porch and people are saying hello and it's it's beautiful Um, and you can just feel how things have kind of slowed down And I think it just speaks to the fact that as hard as some aspects of this are and tragic as some are, um, there is a gift in what's happening. And I think God is giving us space and he's giving us time that we can regain some perspective. We can take the time to think about some really important questions, questions about our priorities, questions uh, about how we spend our time, questions about how we love Uh, people in our life. And I think alongside those questions, I want to invite us to ask or consider this question, who is Jesus? Because I think some of us maybe have never asked that question. And now's a great time to. Some of us have maybe asked it and just need to reconsider. Or maybe we've asked it and we've come to a conclusion. But wherever we are, I would just say, let's Take a look at this question again, in this place where we've got time and space. You know, that, that question that the crowd was asking that day that First Palm Sunday, um, it tells us that the crowd kind of came to its own conclusion about how to answer that question. Uh, we're told in the story that the crowd gave Jesus this royal welcome. Uh, that they kind of rolled out the red carpet as he entered into the city. And that's because they thought they had a good idea of who Jesus was. And they were basing that on two things. Uh, They were basing it on what they saw and they were basing it on what they wanted. First, on what they saw. What they saw was a man riding a donkey. And that donkey is really important, it's a symbol. The Gospel of Matthew points us back to Zechariah and Isaiah, these ancient prophets who uh, talked about that One day, the long-awaited king of Israel would come riding on a donkey into the city. Uh, In fact, David and Solomon, two of Israel's greatest kings, had actually done that themselves. And so the people had this picture of a king in their mind that would ride a donkey. And so that's why they got so excited and they started singing Hosanna to the son of David. Uh, They saw Jesus as this kind of would-be king. And so that's what they saw. And what they wanted was they wanted this king to deliver them, to rescue them from Rome. Uh, You see, Jesus was riding into the city in the midst of Passover, this Jewish festival that marked um, a time when when God had delivered them out of slavery in Egypt, thousands of years before. Um, But it was also something they felt in this moment because they were still being oppressed, not by Egypt anymore, but by the Roman Empire, and so they were longing; they were hungry for someone to come and to deliver them and to restore Israel. And so that's what they wanted. And so, between what they saw and what they wanted, um, they kind of projected that on Jesus. And I think you know it's human nature to do that to an extent. We we kind of see what we want to see sometimes. I was reminded of a time in college when I went to a wedding. I was with a bunch of friends and we were sitting at the table and uh, all us guys noticed this really cute girl who was on the other side of the dance floor. And and at one point, I'll never forget this, she got up and she walked out on the dance floor and she pointed at our table like this. And she kind of did one of these numbers, calling us out on the dance floor. And all the guys thought she was pointing to me. They were like, hit me on the back and kind of whooping it up. And so I jumped up and I started walking uh, towards the dance floor. And I got about halfway there and I realized that she was pointing and she was actually pointing over my shoulder at one of my buddies sitting at the table. And he jumped up and he made his way past me and they ended up dancing on the dance floor. And I just remember finding the the, the closest chair I could and kind of melting into it. I just was so humiliated and disappointed. And I think in in a silly way, um, you know, that just illustrates what can happen when we see what we want to see. And Jesus, um, the same can be true when it comes to Jesus. We can see in Jesus what we want to see. Uh, We can project our desires and our expectations of God on God. We can end up actually worshiping or even rejecting a God who's not the true God, but actually the God that we imagine him to be. I think we're all tempted to do that, it's something we all have to watch out for. And and so what it does is it begs the question, well, what is God really like? And the claim of the Bible is that Jesus wasn't just a great man or a great teacher, he was actually God in the flesh, that, that through Jesus, God revealed who he is and what he's like. Jesus said at one point, if you receive me, you receive God. If you welcome me, you welcome God. And another point he said, I and the Father are one. And so to see Jesus is to see God. To know Jesus is to know what he's like. We don't have to guess anymore. We don't have to depend on the God of our imagination. We can look to Jesus. And what happened on that day outside of the gates of Jerusalem as Jesus rode that donkey is that that God revealed something very important about who he is, about the kind of God he is. Matthew points us back to that prophecy from Zechariah. And the prophecy uh, says this, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. It's interesting, Jesus isn't just a king, he's a humble king. That really stands out because in Jesus' day, in the ancient world, humility wasn't seen as a virtue, it was actually uh, seen as a vice. You know, great philosophers like Aristotle and Plato and Socrates, they described humility as something that marked a leader who was powerless, who was, um, you know, who lacked courage, who was cowardly. And I think in a similar way, in our own day, we kind of have a low view of humility. I mean, we don't laud our politicians and our sports stars and celebrities because of their humility. And yet that's exactly the kind of leader that Jesus was. He was, he was marked by humility. One time, uh, one uh, or two of Jesus' disciples, they were fighting with each other about who the greatest was. And Jesus, he, he looked at them and he said this. He said, "Look, whoever wants to be the greatest among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave." Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Another time in Jesus' life, he said this. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. When you think about Jesus' most kind of powerful and provocative teachings, uh, things like do unto others as you would have them do to you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemy." See, Jesus' teachings were were rooted in and they were driven by a deep humility. But it wasn't just what Jesus said, it was the way that he lived. He embodied humility. You know, in the ancient world, kind of one of the lowest rungs on the social ladder was to be a house servant or house slave. And so as a house servant, one responsibility you would have would be if people came into the home, your job would be to wash their dirty, dusty feet. And we're told that the night before Jesus was crucified, he had gathered together with his closest friends for a meal. And at this really poignant moment, he stood up and he wrapped a towel around himself. And then he got down on the floor and he began to wash the feet of his disciples. This beautiful picture of Jesus, humble as a servant to all. The Apostle Paul talked about this. He talked about the fact that Jesus was fully human and fully God, that even though he'd done all these amazing miracles and had this power and authority and teaching and had challenged civic and religious authorities, was welcomed into Jerusalem as a king by crowds, that it was humility that defined his earthly ministry. This is captured in one of Paul's letters to the church in Philippi. It's this ancient hymn in Philippians two, and this is what it says. It says, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking up the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and then being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, to the point of death, even to death on a cross. You see, Jesus' humility led him to give his life for you and for me out of loving and faithful obedience to his heavenly Father. Even though we had rejected God, even though we'd rebelled against God, Jesus, out of love for us, in humility, took our shame on himself. He took our place and he paid the penalty of our sin. In love for you and me, he died on that cross. And what's amazing is that Jesus then rose from the dead. This is what we celebrate at Easter, that he rose from the dead. And in doing so, he conquered not just oppressive empires or corrupt governments, but the kingdom of darkness itself, all evil in the world, everything, Jesus came and he rescued us. He gave us freedom from everything that enslaves our hearts and our minds and our bodies. That's the kind of king he came to be, the kind of savior he was. In Luke's gospel, we get this really beautiful insight into what was going on in Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem that day. We're told that as Jesus drew near to the city, he began to weep. And so that's the picture, Jesus riding into the city, surrounded by crowds. He were shouting, Hosanna to the king. Hosanna. And yet Jesus has tears streaming down his face. And it tells us what he said. I imagine he must have kind of just whispered these words to himself. But with tears streaming down his face, he said, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for shalom. Shalom, peace, life. If you had known what is happening here, if you'd understood, and then he goes on to say, but now they are hidden from your eyes. The people saw Jesus, but they didn't see Jesus. They missed what kind of king he was, that he was a humble king who had come to give his life for us. This is the heart of Jesus. This is the heart of a humble king who loves us who weeps over the sin and the brokenness and the suffering of our world, who by his death and resurrection offers us the hope and the peace and the joy that we desperately long for. Now, whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or if you're still somewhat skeptical about Jesus, here's the invitation. The invitation is to take advantage of this moment in your life, to take a closer look at Jesus. And my hope, my prayer is that God would open all of our eyes to see Jesus more clearly. Not the Jesus that we want or imagine, but the Jesus who is, the true Jesus. Because if Jesus really is who he claimed to be, if he really did rise from the dead, then he alone can offer us the hope that we long for, hope in this life, and hope beyond the grave. Would you pray with me? God, would you help us? Would you help us this week to see who Jesus really is? Would you help us to see him as the humble king who came to rescue us and to give us life with you? Life to the full, life as it was meant to be. In Jesus' name. Amen.